This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, let's get it started. Topics worthy of discussion with our panel, the Wednesday panel, Dan Moulton, consultant at Crestview Strategy, a former advisor in the McGinney and Wynn governments. Dan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for arriving on time and in person. I try. Uh, <laughs> Peter Tabbins is the NDP MPP for Toronto Danforth and their energy and climate change critic. How's Tabbins? Doing well, John. Good to see you. Good to see you likewise. And Dave Sparrow, the president of ACRA National, the union representing performers across Canada. <laughs> I am so excited to be here, John, because we're just days away from Christmas, and I've made my list, and I'm going to get up early, and it's going to be a great day. Wow. For more than talk radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm getting a new radio, though. You know, are you? Okay. Well, uh, Santa hopefully will be good to you. All right. You know, and uh, I have an affinity for you because right now you kind of represent the right wing on the panel. That's so I true. thought that was you. That's right. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I can play that I'm role. agnostic. Uh, <laughs> I can do a good oh, Rush yes. Limbaugh if necessary. Could you? Mm, I sure. know you do impressions, don't you? You do impressions from time to time. I do. I do, just to cause trouble. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a lead-in to say uh, maybe if you wanted to go and, and do one or two. Uh, well, I have a new uh, new Christmas song out by Neil Young. I oh, don't you know do. if you've heard it. Yeah, it's... Mm. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard it. Where would I have heard it? <laughs> uh, on his on his new uh, album. It's kind of a dark album. It's uh, Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul with a corncob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. It'll keep the kids entertained for oh, hours. Well, it kept oh, me yes. entertained for minutes uh, right there, so uh, the proof is in the pudding. And so, you know, it's funny because uh, he didn't actually boycott Frosty because the eyes were made out of coal. That's that's true. That's true, and you can burn coal, so it's great. <laughs> yes, you can. And a few extra minutes if we stay on this route. Uh, but the point is, and Tabins, let me ask you because you know uh, you are the NDP's energy and climate change critic. I am indeed, John. And, and what is your question? Sir? My question, sir. I'll ask just off the top of my head. Ottawa's offered 1.65 billion in loans to the Alberta oil sector. Is this? Uh, a political gambit that's cynical because the liberals are trying to, you know, uh, make nice with Alberta? Or is there some merit to what they're doing? Or is this militates against your conscience because they're directly and indirectly supporting the fossil fuel industry? Well, you've given me three options. I'll go with cynical ploy. Uh, I think, in <laughs> fact, Alberta does need support. And I think giving Alberta support to develop a more renewable energy industry to diversify the economy, that makes sense to me. They're in a tough spot. But the energy industry, sorry, the oil industry is making tens of billions of dollars a year in profit, even in tough times. So I think they're probably doing fine, but the people of Alberta, that's another story, and they do deserve support. So, yes, I go for a cynical ploy on the part of the federal government. All right. Well, Dan, as a liberal, I mean, uh, was this, uh, you know, politically astute? He says it's cynical, and uh, he doesn't have any time for it. I'm just inspired to see you and Peter reaching across partisan lines here and, and joining oh. forces, John. I think it's really inspirational. Uh-huh. It's, it's strange a, really in the Christmas spirit. It, I, it I, is. I feel connected. <laughs> um, no, I think, you know what, most Canadians, coast to coast, um, they expect to see a pipeline built to Tidewater. And I think mm. that the support that Premier Notley's bringing forward for the sector, the support that the Prime Minister is bringing forward for the sector is meaningful. And it is certainly welcomed in, in, in the oil and gas industry. But I think the expectation of Canadians, if we want to talk politics, is to see a pipeline get built to Tidewater. 
Yes. And so, uh, you know, there needs to be a continued priority from all levels of government uh, to getting that job done. Uh, and I think everyone's moving in the right direction. Has he done right? You have to work with uh, First Nations communities in a way that we've never had to before. Uh -huh. so there are certainly a different set of factors at play here. Uh, but when it comes to the end of the day, we're heading into an election year. Rachel Notley, uh, Premier of Alberta, she's going to have an election in the spring. Prime Minister's going to have an election next fall. Canadians are going to expect to see some action here. All right. Well, you know, on this one, uh, Justin Trudeau could be vulnerable. Uh, not that he cares about Alberta that much, notwithstanding what, you know, uh, Mr. Tabbins had to say. But uh, uh, that, the fact that he's vulnerable in Alberta doesn't change what I said, John. It's just simply reality. Well, you're saying a cynical <laughs> ploy, so obviously... Yeah. Well, uh, no, I think it's cynical to say the Prime Minister doesn't care about Alberta. Well, you know, when it comes to the numbers, let's say he'd yeah, rather have he BC on side uh, than Alberta. I mean, Sparrow, you're nodding your head and you're an avowed NDP supporter. Well, I'm uh, uh, today apparently a very left-wing <laughs> conservative. And um, so I would, I would just say that... Uh, Feels pretty is, good too, doesn't it? It, it does, actually. I feel a freedom to say anything I want. Um, but, uh, but in fact, there is an election in the, in the coming year. And so uh, uh, things that uh, Mr. Trudeau may do will be... Trying Trying to reach out to uh, ingratiate people um, and to uh, help support uh, various issues. I think that uh, something Peter says that's very important is um, there's no question that there are jobs that need to be sort of supported in Alberta. Um, I think we we know that uh, a pipeline is safer than rail, and um, and I think that you're right uh, um, that uh, Dan that. Uh, the Canadian people understand that getting a pipeline so we can actually sell our own oil um, outside of just the uh, lockstep of shipping it to the U.S. is a good thing. You know, I was told that there have been uh, a number of petitions by the natives themselves, indigenous uh, nations, that line the pipeline, pipeline corridor very much in favor of getting this thing built uh, with dispatch because... They know all boats will rise with the tide, and it's not a red tide, but it would actually be something that would be beneficial to their communities. And they've gone to Ottawa, but there's been very little coverage of such. These are the natives who are on side with this idea. They're not the ones stalling it or holding it up. Tabins, what do you hear? What do you know? Um, I hear a lot of First Nations are opposed to the pipeline. They don't believe that their opinions have been that A lot. Canceled. Uh, the predominance are in favor of. That's not my understanding, John. Well, but setting that aside, I think the simple reality is uh, that the process so far hasn't respected the opinions of First Nations, hasn't listened to those who have objections, haven't listened to those who are worried about the impact it's going to have on their traditional lands or on their, their well-being. And I, I think there's no surprise, really, that it's been... It's been a process that has gone through some very bumpy times because, in fact, First Nations people were ignored. That was what the courts found. Uh, I think that uh, what you really need to be doing in Canada is investing in green energy. And continued investment in a big way in oil is a dead end for us. All right. So an investment in coal is not a good gambit. And uh, mercifully, uh, we were saved that indignity of being uh, part of the... Ola Vista thing out there in Washington State, although that's being appealed now, as I understand it. The Ford government is, uh, or Hydro One, rather, mm -hmm. is looking back into this situation and appealing to uh, the regulator out in Washington State. The other thing the Ford government's been uh, involved in is the uh, potential strike at OPG. And uh, tomorrow, I guess, is where this legislation, it's moving through the legislature. Uh, where does it stand right now? Is this going to be a fait accompli and uh, there will be no strike? They've uh, got these people legislated to go back to work at Darlington, uh, 
Pickering, so on and so forth, they're not going to shut things down, are they, Peter? No, I don't think anything's going to be shut down. Frankly, uh, the bill was time allocated today, so there's closure. It's going to be debated tomorrow morning. There's going to be a vote around noon. Uh, I think Ford will get what he wants. He's been... He's been fear-mongering on this in an incredible way. It's astounding to me. I got a briefing on Monday morning from the head of OPG, the Ministry of Energy, the Premier's office, uh, indicating that you wouldn't be seeing any impact on the electricity system until later next week, in fact, close to New Year's, if there was any impact at all. Uh, The Premier could have actually... If he had been serious, this past summer, sat down with OPG and with the power workers and said, look, we've got an impasse here. How are we going to get through it? Yeah. Instead, he spent the whole summer on bucket beer and beating up Toronto. Well, they've been without of, a contract of, since no, March 31. Yeah. And well, they negotiated. The wind government didn't look into this. You know what, John? I won't defend the wind government. Well, let me I think ask you're Dan fair, but, but it was in, <laughs> But it was in the summer that the power workers rejected the offer. And at that time... Doug Ford was in office, and he could have said, no, yeah, that was June consequential. 4th. That was June 4th. Well, John, that, I would say there and is And he a... got elected a few days later, and he was in power in June, July, August, September, mm. October, November. All right, let Dan defend December. the indefensible. Um, <laughs> the indefensible. Well, I, I certainly think that when it comes to Ontario's electricity system, uh, we can't have uh, any doubts about it. Right? I mean, there are businesses and families that rely on a steady supply. So it's an essential service. It's an essential service. And oh. I, think, I, 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 th- I, I do think that's the case, and I think that it's not something that we can have any doubts about. I, I will say that I, I, the government is playing their hand a bit strong here on this one. Mm. I, I think there is a, an opportunity here for them to distract from some of the other conversation that's happening yes. about the OPP commissioner uh, and the appointment of uh, the premier's friend to that position, which was hurting them in the, you know, in the public over the last few weeks. And so I think they're using this opportunity uh, to generate a, a political opportunity uh, in their favor. Uh, and, you know, I mean, they're politicians. Uh, they're going to play politics. <laughs> okay. okay. And, and John, don't think less of me, but I think Dan's right. All right. Well, you know what, uh, David Sparrow, uh, you're my uh, conservative left winger. Uh, in a moment, I'll ask you the OPP commissioner's story as well as whether or not uh, you think that uh, the OPG or power generation in general ought to be an essential service. Should it be yes, no? I would say uh, no at this point. Uh, however, I'm willing to be uh, have my mind changed in the next few moments. Okay, well, he already said, Dan Moulton did, that it should be an essential service. You can take that to the bank. Isn't that good enough for you? <laughs> I'm not you, sure my you know what? Is, uh, is, uh, is quite enough here, as the, as the president of a union, I would say that I, I respect the workers' right to negotiate and the, and the right to strike. In terms of it being an essential service, I think this is fear-mongering. And, and in fact, this is not like Christmas is of old. You can't turn off the power just by blowing out a candle. Mm-hmm. Um, it, takes, uh, it takes time to wind down a, a nuclear station. And they didn't and, want to run that risk. I, I, I can appreciate that, and so they should get back to the bargaining table and talk to uh, the, the workers and to the... Yeah. Um, All right, mediation, the, arbitration, you're not good with that. Arbitration uh, works both ways. Uh, we, we've seen it with the police association in general terms. They uh, always get what they're asking for, so the government just needs to be careful well, about what the they set up. that's the real thing, is that if they set up the PWU as an essential service, it doesn't necessarily play to the favor of electricity consumers in the province either, right? I mean, you could see PWU with far more favorable agreements for their members uh, through an arbitration process that would result from an essential service status. Right. Yeah, but it could be, be very, very expensive. But yeah. there'd be no strike. Let's come back. We'll sure. talk about the OPP commissioner-in-waiting and uh, see how the panel 
feels about it, because uh, obviously they're divided ideologically. David Sparrow, Dan Moulton, Peter Tabbins. Oakley Show continues. Global News Radio 640 Toronto. They're not looking for uh, checks coming from Ottawa. They, they want to go back to work. I know how hardworking uh, folks are right across the country, particularly in the oil patch at a time where people are, are, are suffering. The issue is not finding a market for our product. The issue is getting our product to that market. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.